Welcome to this week's edition of Let's Talk Sports with Goon and Neds. We will be covering the expansion draft, which is taking place Wednesday, July 21st at 8 p.m. in Seattle. The first team we'll speak about today in the Seattle expansion draft is the Anaheim Ducks. They have decided to unprotect Hayden Fleury, who is a former draft pick of the GM to seal the Kraken, Ron Francis. Me and Jake believe that Ron Francis will take him because he saw something when he drafted him, and we believe he still sees something in him. Jake, what do you have to say? Well, I do have to agree with you there. Anaheim really didn't have that many um, like good op- options out there. And like you said, Ron Francis drafted him when he was with Carolina. Uh, he's actually had a pretty solid uh, start to his career. He was up and down between the NHL and the AHL, but uh, he had that one brief stint. Um, but, I mean, he's a solid defenseman. He's a, he's a bigger guy, so I I really do believe that Seattle will take him. Um, like I said, he's a solid, bigger defenseman. Alrighty, next up we got the Boston Bruins. couple of uh, bigger names here. Um, you know, first off we got Taylor Hall. little unexpected there. I really thought the Bruins were going to sign him. You know, at, he's been bouncing around. He had Edmonton and New Jersey. And then finally he uh, he went to Buffalo, and you know, we all know how that went. Um, then when he went to Boston, he really started to pick it, picking it up. In 16 games, 8 goals, 6 assists, 14 points, plus 15. Pretty solid year. You know, they a little disappointed that they weren't going to make a deeper run, but um, I really thought they were going to actually protect them. Next guy here, we got David Krejci. A um, little less uh, un- unexpected. You know, he's, he's a bigger cap hit guy. He's starting to age out. Still a solid, solid center. Last year he had 44 points in 51 games, plus 16. He's you know he's been a solid Bruin for a while, and but he's starting to get old in the cap hit, which uh, which really start, starts to make sense why they didn't protect him. Uh, Goon, what are your thoughts on Boston? Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you on the Boston Bruins. There, you also have to remember that they did not protect Curtis Lazar, a former 17th overall pick. He is 26 years old. He has been around a couple teams, but he has been in the playoff deep runs before, and he can be a veteran presence on the Seattle Kraken and a brand-new team. Last season, he did play for the Bruins and the Sabres. On the Bruins, he played 17 games only at four points. You know, it's low numbers, but he is a fourth and third liner. He's a grinder, and he's a guy that can help you make a deep run. The next team we will talk about is the Buffalo Sabres. They have left defenseman Will Borgen unprotected. He is a fourth-round pick, but he is a solid defenseman who has made his way around the AHL the last three seasons, but he did go on to the taxi squad last season with the Buffalo Sabres. He did play in 10 games, but he didn't get any points, but that's not his play style. He is a stay-at-home defenseman. Will Borgen is a top six defenseman, in my opinion, and I think he'll make a great presence on the Seattle Kraken lineup. He's a younger guy. He does need a new contract, but I don't think he's going to ask for much. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there, too. Yeah, one thing you also forgot to mention, he was also out with a broken, I believe it was a broken wrist or arm for a good chunk of the season there. But uh, one guy that the Sabres uh, left unprotected, not really a surprise, you know, it's a bigger name, but 
he couldn't beat out Darlene, Yoki Haru, and uh, Ristolainen. It's definitely Colin Miller. Um, definitely not a fan favorite around Buffalo. Uh, he is a solid kind of low-key offensive defenseman, but at the end of the day, his, his defensive game is just not that great. Um, it would be nice if the Sabres could re-sign him, you know, to be on their bottom pair. You know, with the, them having the first overall pick, they might be able to bring in Owen Powers a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, solid guy. I, I don't think Seattle will end up taking him, but, uh, you know, you never know. Alrighty, next up we got the Calgary Flames. Uh, not any super big names going on here. Uh, just a couple of younger guys. But uh, one name that uh, kind of stands out to me that the uh, Kraken might take is Matthew Phillips. He is a six-round pick of 2016. He is only 23 years old. Um, nice center, right-handed shot. He has been in the AHL with Stockton for the past three years, putting up solid numbers, 33, 38, 21. Um, last two seasons when he had 33 and 21, he only played 30 games. So he's a point, point per game, almost per like per season, but uh, I think I don't think it's a huge loss, but I think uh, the Kraken might be looking at him as a younger guy to establish their AHL team in uh, year one. Goon, who do you got on Calgary? You know, on the Calgary Flames, you know, not really a guy that I think Seattle will take, just a big name. I have Mark Giordano. He's been in the league for over a decade now. I think he could be a possibility if they want a veteran defenseman. If, I don't know, depending on who they draft, so they have the third overall pick, they could pick a defenseman up and want Giordano to mentor him into his, through his rookie season and his second season. And Giordano's last season, he played 56 games and had 26 points, which isn't bad for a defenseman. You know, and let's see what Seattle does. I Honestly, I don't think they will pick Giordano. I think they will pick Phillips for to go into the AHL and develop into the NHL. Next up on teams to look at for the expansion draft, we have the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, me, me and Jake, we found three solid players that we think that the, the Seattle Kraken will take. First off, I'll talk about Brock McGinn. He is a younger player. You know, he's kind of older now, I guess he is, 27 years old. He did put up some okay numbers for a defenseman. He, in 37 games played, he got 13 points, you know. That could be a solid third-line defenseman for Seattle. And, I don't know, I think they have some better options than Brock McGinn. And, Jake, who do you have in mind that the Seattle Kraken might take from Carolina? Yeah, McGinn is a good idea. Um, who I'm thinking, there's two guys on my list. Uh, first off, we're going to go with Dougie Hamilton. Um, this one is a little bit of a shock, but there was some issues going on with him and Carolina. Uh, they weren't, um, agreeing to a contract. Apparently Carolina told his agent that they're good to, um, start contacting other teams about a, a sign and, or a trade and sign, you know. Um, but Hamilton, man, he was a big piece of that Carolina, the, the runs that they've been on. Uh, last year, 55 games, 42 points, 10 goals, that's huge numbers for a defenseman plus 20 
the previous season before, 47 games, 14 goals, 26 points, or 26 assists, my bad. Total of 40 points, plus 30. So he is a really good offensive defenseman, and he's also getting that that defense done as well. And um, that is a that would be a huge pick for Seattle. And also another defensive guy, Jake Gardner, a um, little bit less um, than Dougie Hamilton, but uh, he's still a solid, solid playmaking defenseman. Um, you know, past two years with Carolina. Last season, a little weaker, but 26 games, 8 assists. Um, year before that, 26, or, jeez, I'm all over the place here. Uh, 68 games, 4 goals, 20 assists, 24 points. Only issue with Gardner is he has been negative in the seasons, plus minus. Last year, minus 1, not too bad. Year before that, minus 24. So, yeah, he is he is a uh, defensive liability but um, he's still a solid piece to that that Carolina defense. Um, but he is definitely expandable because they do have such a deep prospect pool. They got Jake Bean, who stepped in the league this year, a couple other solid guys, and they also got that good goalie back there, uh, Alex Nedeljkovic. So we'll see what uh, Seattle wants to do. Next up, we have the Colorado Avalanche. Colorado Avalanche have left un- unprotected Jonas Johansson. He is a he's been in the minors for since 2016, but he made his first long stint this year with the Sabres in Colorado Avalanche. He didn't put good numbers up with Buffalo, but it's the Sabres. They never have good players in front of them that can help out the goalie. And Buffalo through 7 games, he had a 3.79 goals against average. He went 05 and 1 in Buffalo as well having an 884 save percentage but when he went over to Colorado playing eight games he had one shutout had a 2.06 goals against the average and he went 5-1-1 one, and one. also playing up a 913 save percentage with those numbers he could easily be the backup on a solid Seattle Kraken team and by the guys that have been left unprotected he could keep those numbers up. He will have a solid defensive core with him and guys that can put up numbers for having a winning season. Jake, what do you think on the Colorado Avalanche leaving players unprotected? So obviously we're going to save the best one for last, but before we jump to him, we're going to check out JT Comper. Original second-round draft pick of the Sabres has been the absolute perfect, perfect third-line center for the Colorado Avalanche. Um... I mean, he doesn't. He's not really a goal scorer. I mean, he's 13, 16, 11, 10 the past four years. But I mean, really, he's just a solid defensive um, two-way center. And obviously, yes, they will miss Landeskog if they lose him. But I think Comfort is also a big loss too. Maybe not as momental or monumental as. Landeskog would be, but definitely a big loss to that middle chunk of the lineup. Uh, Goon, let's hear your thoughts on uh, Landeskog. Yeah, Landeskog would be uh, a massive loss for the Colorado Avalanche. He has been their guy since 2011. He's been there ever since, except for one season. He made a little trip to Sweden. But with his NHL numbers with Colorado, he's played close to 700 games, playing up 
512 points. And he's been over on the plus minus, which is telling you that he's been the big part of their winning team lately. Landis Cog w said he would give Colorado a discount on his contract if they decided to re-sign him instead of a solid $10, $11 million, he'd go somewhere else. So that could tell Seattle to not take him with a new contract, taking a big cap hit right off the bat. Because we have seen some guys that are still looking to sign a new contract as well who could want bigger numbers with the new team, thinking that they will be their number one guy because they have no destiny number one guy right now. You know, if I were Seattle, I'd, I wouldn't take Landis Cook. I'd go with JT Comper, take take the smaller contract, take the solid third-line guy, and have the depth ready for you. And then, Jake, any more thoughts on the uh, Colorado Avalanche? Well, you got to think, too, in the expansion draft, you have to have a minimum of 20 guys picked that are under contract for the next season. So you got to think, if they are going to select someone that is not signed for next year, you got to make sure, do they want to sign? And also, you got to make sure it's going to be cap-friendly. Um, but just good examples, 2017 Vegas, they, they didn't really take any superstars in the expansion draft and then they ended up building up a team. You know, they acquired some good guys like Stone, Pacioretty, and now look where they are now. So you got to think, I think, I think, um, Seattle's definitely going to take the high road and go with the, not necessarily younger, but kind of like the, the middle of the lineup guy who's not going to require 10, 11, 12 million long deals in order to stay in Seattle. You know what I mean, Goon? Yeah, I do understand what you're saying over there, Jake. Um, Colorado is a tricky team to deal with, and it's one of the many that Seattle will have to choose from. And now on to the next team. Next up on those, we have the Columbus Blue Jackets, who we are very surprised to see Max Domi has been left unprotected. You know, it could be with the coaching they had over in Columbus that didn't really play the Domi system of a defensive hockey game. Domi has been, he had an offseason with Columbus, only 24 points and 9 goals. Before that, with Montreal, he was having 17, 28 goal seasons, putting up 40 plus points. I think this is the pick for Seattle. He is, he can be their number one seven. He is only 26 years old. Uh, I can't think off the top of my head what his contract is right now, but I think Domi is a solid first line center who can help them out with scoring. If they get the, the right guys going, you know, like we were saying earlier, Vegas, they didn't really pick too many superstars. And I think Max Domi could be their underrated player that they take on and take under their belt to begin a new super team right off the get go. Jake, anything else you have to say about Max Domi? Max Domi, I mean, he, uh, he's had some issues in the past, you know, being a character, but, um, I think it would definitely be a huge move for Seattle. Um, he only makes $5 million next year, and then he's at UFA after that. But 
really it could be his make it or break it season, you know. He's been in the league for quite a bit. He's established himself, sort of, but this could be a big year. Go to Seattle, new team, new franchise, new new start for him. And if he, uh, if he ends up doing well, you know, you can sign him, extend him through the year. Or, I mean, if he doesn't do well, it doesn't fit. You can always trade him for some assets. Um, that's the funny thing about the expansion draft, too, is you can take these guys and who have one, two years left in their deal who really don't have a name for themselves in the NHL yet, and they can either blossom or they can fall apart. You know, look at, keep referencing them, but look at Vegas. They took a bunch of guys who were kind of just floating around team to team, you know, and look where they are now. They're a contender in the West every year. Dallas is a, uh, Dallas had uh, not, not too many, you know, superstar names. One name that me and Goon were really looking at is Ben Bishop. He can be a super solid goalie. He's just so injury prone, and it, it's hard to tell if, you know, if he's going to have a good year or not. When he went to Dallas, everyone thought, oh, wow, you know, he's going to be, they're going to carry him. And midway through that, their uh, Stanley Cup run two seasons ago, he uh, he got hurt, and Kudobin took over there. And I'm not too sure he's getting the role back. Obviously, they didn't protect him, so I feel like his time is up in Dallas. But I don't think it's going to be Seattle taking a chance on him. With all the goalies out there, there's a lot younger, healthier, better options. And I just think that... Uh, ben Bishop won't be the right move for Seattle, but I do believe Ben Bishop will have a place in the league somewhere else other than Dallas and Seattle for sure. And to keep the talks on Ben Bishop, I I think they might take a shot with him because, you know, he could be a guy that's there just to, if they were to take on the younger goalie or a newer goalie in the NHL like Jonas Johansson, Ben Bishop could be the guy to guide him through and start making Johansson a name for himself, even if it is for just one year. And they can, and they can send him off or buy him out. Who knows? But Ben Bishop may be their guy because some of the other goalie, top goalies that have been around, they got bigger contracts with them still. And I guess we may never know, and we won't know for the next till Wednesday about the expansion draft. Next up on our list, we have the Edmonton Oilers. You know, they have two solid forwards from what we've seen and two solid goalies. That's the big picture in this expansion draft is all the solid goalies that they have in this league. Uh, first up, I'll go talk about Tyler Ennis. Ennis, he's been around the league. He's been there for a while. He's been to a couple of different teams, and he's I feel like he's been putting up numbers throughout his career. Tyler Ennis last season, you know, didn't put up that many numbers, but he did play 30 games. It's hard putting up numbers, I guess, when you're playing with the one of the greatest players of our generation here, Connor McDavid. But I feel like if Ennis was to be moved to the Seattle Kraken, he could be that second-line guy that puts up some assists for the team and gets guys open. Like, his last big year was in 1920 with the Ottawa Senators. He 14 goals, 19 assists for 33 points. You know, the Suns, you know, they weren't a great team then, and he still was able to have 
10 plus goals and put up 30 plus points you know and then also next up we also have a 31 year old in Kyle Terrace is a forward you know another former senator I guess you could say on this list uh, Kyle Terrace he can be that guy he did have an offseason in Edmonton as well only putting up 5 points in 27 games but his previous year in Nashville he did play 62 games and put up 31 points that's like that's half a point a game in there that's I'd say it's a solid third liner right there that could, Seattle could be looking at right away averaging a point just about every other game that's what's what you're looking in the third line they be productive they get the team going and yeah and Jake on to you with the goalies that are available in Edmonton yeah and no, I agree with your points you made there goon but and over to the goaltending issue so Clearly, Edmonton's goaltending has been a big issue for them. In the playoffs, Mike Smith did play pretty solid in the Winnipeg series. Um, definitely kept them in some games, um, but they definitely need to make a move for a better goaltender. I like I like how they protected Stuart Skinner over both Koskinen and Mike Smith. Both of those guys are older, but... Uh, like, like I said with uh, Ben Bishop, I, I really don't see Seattle picking either of these guys. Neither Mike Smith has been proven himself over the years to be kind of a mediocre starter. And um, I just, I really, I really believe that there's some better options out there. But I know for now, if, I, if I'm Edmonton, I keep those two and I just rock with them until... Either Stuart Skinner's ready to make the jump to the NHL or, you know, you find a trade partner. Maybe Ben Bishop. Maybe, you know, that's where maybe Ben Bishop goes, you know. Like I was saying with Dallas, you know, I don't know if he's going to be the guy there at Seattle, but for a team with a young goalie, Ben Bishop might be that man. Capital and awful goon said about um, Ben Bishop being a leader towards a young goalie. There's your chance there in Edmonton. But... I, I really don't see Seattle taking uh, Miko Koskinen or Mike Smith, both their age, their play. It just it isn't justified for Seattle to take either of them. Alrighty, next we're gonna head over to Southern Florida, to be specific, Sunrise. Heading over to the Florida Panthers. So, Florida, not too many hot takes, but uh, Chris Drager, they didn't protect them, protected Bobrovsky over him little controversial, but um, at the end of the day, Chris Dreger was solid for him. He ended up coming in postseason relief because Bobrovsky wasn't getting it done. Cheap, a little bit younger, you know, I think, I mean, there's been rumors of it. Uh, multiple sources um, have been saying that Dreger is going to be a Seattle Kraken, but obviously we won't know until Wednesday. But Dreger, solid, young, decent goaltender that uh, would be an awesome option for Seattle to take if they do decide to go with him. Alrighty, and then next we're going to pass over to Goon to talk about the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, and next up we do have the Minnesota Wild. You know, they, they are a wild card team right now. They did buy out Suter and Parise. That freed up, I think, $10.5 million in cap. That's a big thing because, you know, that can that freed up just enough space for the Jack Eichel contract. The Jack Eichel, 
has been rumored to have been wanting to trade out of Buffalo and but yeah, back to the expansion draft talk. You know, with buying out Suter and Parise, that kind of freed up more space for them to protect some of their younger guys, I guess you could say. But they did decide to unprotect Nick Benino, who they just acquired from the Pittsburgh Penguins the previous season. Nick Benino did put up some, I guess you could say, some decent numbers, but I guess for a short season, they're actually really good numbers compared to his pe- previous seasons. He had 26 points this past season, which is his second in career high. His first was with the Pittsburgh Penguins in 15-16 with 31. But, you know, Benino, he is 33 years of age. He does have a 4.1 mil cap hit. It's a bigger contract for an older guy. But, you know, again, I guess I'll talk about it again with the veteran presence. They are going to take a lot of young guys who are going to need a good team leader. And Benino could be one of those forward leaders because I think Seattle, they're going to need to take a forward leader, a defensive leader, and a goaltending leader. And Benino, he could be one of those guys. He's, I don't know, Benino could be one of those guys. Anything else you got to say, Jake, about Benino? Pretty much just kind of capitalizing on everything you said. Bigger hit, but at the same time, you saw what he did with Pittsburgh, you know. He, he tore it up for them. That perfect bottom two-line kind of center kills penalties, you know. Great defensive forward. His, he doesn't really have the points to show for it. But like Goon said, you know, with the veteran presence, you know, Seattle's going to be taking not just guys to play now, but to d- develop into superstars down the road and I think Benino would be a uh, solid solid addition there and then also you got to think Minnesota didn't protect uh, their goaltender Capo Kakonen he uh, he they I'm surprised that they unprotected him you know Cam Talbot did have a stellar year for them so I understand why but I mean last year he went 16 and 8 with a 902 and 288 goals against average, 24 games, and that that's his technically really his rookie year because the previous year he only played five games in the NHL, won three one and one uh, with a nine thirteen, but that was a split year between Iowa of the AHL and the NHL. Questionable move for a 24 year old goaltender, um, but I mean at the same time, Cam Talbot did play a heck of a year in the playoffs for them, and really kept them in the Vegas series. But, uh, you know, they made that decision. I don't think that would be a huge, too bad of a pickup for Seattle to capitalize on that with the goaltending, you know. Got to build from the front out. He's a young guy. Alrighty, now Goon is going to take us off with the Le Montreal Canadiens. You know, starting out with the Montreal Canadiens, we already know the big name, Carey Price. He, that's the he's the biggest guy that we have seen be left unprotected. He is the Mark Andre Fleury of this draft, but there is still some debate on whether or not Seattle should take Carey Price. Carey Price is a ten mil goalie, and he still has five years left, but he still has a big signing bonus that is owed to him in September, which I think is close to what eleven million. I don't know, but 
it's up there to just about the size of his contract. So right off the bat, you'd owe a goalie $21 million. It's like the Rick DiPietro contract. But I say they should take Carey Price. It is a big cap hit, but it will be worth it in the end. His numbers have been declining, you can say, in the regular season. But you got to think about who's been in front of them in those past couple of seasons. Montreal hasn't really been the Stanley Cup team. This past season, they just were the underdog team. And, yeah, I guess we'll go off to the next veteran presence that has been left unprotected in Shea Weber. Shea Weber is, he's also up for discussion, but he also has that lingering foot issue that the NHLPA is debating on whether he should be able to come back. He, his foot injury, I guess, has was worse this year than it has been in a while. And... You know, if Shea Weber is eligible and they don't want to take that cap hit off of Carey Price, he is their guy. I know I've been talking about it a lot, but the, the veteran presence, they they will need that one guy because in the expansion draft, it's a bunch of young players who are trying to make it, and that's what happened in Vegas, and I think Seattle's looking for the same exact thing. And, yeah, Jake, anything else you have to say on the Montreal Canadiens? I agree with you there for sure, Goon. But um, I I really think the Weber Weber's definitely off the table for them taking him. Too high of a risk with his injury. You know he's got a big contract. Yeah, he's yes he's a solid top minute defenseman. But at the same time, it's too risky with the injury and like I said, his contract and his age. Um. So I definitely think they they. They might choose Price in this situation, but there also is uh, Tomas Tatar. He uh, he's a solid forward, uh, not as he used to be. You know, he used to tear it up when he was with, uh, I believe, Detroit and Columbus. But um, I, I I think Tatar would also be a solid option. You know, that second line winger. A lot of teams have issues filling that second line kind of winger. You know. Because you got your top line guy and then you got your third line guy, but you, sometimes it's hard to find that perfect middle between a superstar and a role player. And I feel like Thomas Tatar could definitely do that for the Seattle Kraken. Um, not too bad of a cap hit, so I definitely think there's some uh, there's some choices here for Seattle, and I definitely think they're gonna have to think long and hard about it. Because either way you go here, you're either getting a franchise goaltender or, I wouldn't say franchise goaltender because he is starting to get old, but adding Carey Price instantly throws you into that we are contender chat. And Thomas Tatar, I think he's gonna he's that guy, you know, he'll be good. Don't know if he'll necessarily throw you into that contender chat, but he, he's definitely a good addition to any team for sure. But yeah, after all that, I uh, we're going to shift over to the Nashville Predators. Definitely got some choices here. Um, Duchesne, Johansson. Different look for Nashville this year for sure. Going with protecting five defensemen. Very rare. But at the same time, I can't be mad at them because they do have a solid defensive core. But we're going to go with the guys that aren't protected. One of the top guys, I believe, is Ryan Johansson. He's a uh, he's a top guy. I mean, 
Yeah, his stats have been declining, but you got to think, Nashville's in a rebuild here, you know. They got Pecorine retired, you know. They got their defensive core kind of locked up. They just got to clear some cap, and by Seattle taking Ryan Johansson, I believe that is a a good move for Nashville. Um, they're losing a top-line guy, you know, over the past couple of years. We'll go back to 2017-18. He had 54 points, 15 goals. He's never really been a crazy goal scorer, but, I mean, he's definitely been a playmaker for sure. I mean, past five years, he's got six or 61, 54, 64, 36, 22. You can kind of see that his stats are declining. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, he is still a good point getter in the NHL. But I believe that them taking Johansson would kind of be a good choice for Nashville, clearing up some cap, kind of move on from him, find that young guy who's going to take his role. Their AHL team, Milwaukee, was phenomenal before COVID hit and canceled the season. But I'm going to send it over to Goon, see what else he has to say about Nashville. Yeah, and the keep the talks on the Nashville Predators, we have Matt Duchesne. You know, Duchesne, he's had oh, really declining numbers. I don't know, I guess you could say his last good season was 17-18. Or no, sorry, 18-19 with Ottawa. Putting up 58 points. That's just about his career high, which he had in Colorado. Ever since he was really traded from Colorado, he hasn't he has been the same player. But... You know, Nashville this past season, only 13 points, only six goals. You know, it's almost as if he's getting old and just not playing the same game as he was, as he was like five years ago. I think the smart choice here would be taking Johansson in this scenario. He is, he may have a cap hit, but... You know, it's nowhere near what Duchesne has with an 8 mil for the next two years. You know, with him barely putting up 13 points this past season, I I wouldn't take the risk with him. I'd take Johansson. And then we'll send it off to the next team, the New Jersey Devils. New Jersey, I guess you could say, only had one real standout guy from our perspective in P.K. Subban. You know, Subban is... He's been an all-star, He's, but he hasn't really been an all-star anymore. You know, he used to be putting up big numbers in the 50s. He had one 60-point season in 14-15 in Montreal, but that was six years ago now. Subban could be taken as their um, possibly a first-line defenseman, but I think... They would have to go with one of the young guys that me and Jake may have missed in this. Because, you know, they have a lot of scouts looking at everything right now. And they have five days to make up who they want to pick. And I honestly, I don't see them really wanting to pick Subban. New Jersey, I, I feel like they do have a good young core. They could be something in the next couple years with all these former dynasty just dying out that New Jersey will be one of the teams to fill in that gap they will have returned to what they used to be in the early 2000s Jake anything you have to say on the Devils I think the biggest name that they left unprotected is Scott Wedgwood nah I'm just kidding 
Love Scott Wedgwood, former Amrick. You know, got gotta love those former Amrick. But on a serious note, they left not too many hot spots. But Andreas Johansson from uh, former Toronto Maple Leaf, he's a solid, you know, second, third line guy. Um, if they do, if they do end up losing him, that's tough. But I believe that New Jersey is going to either lose forward Nick, or not Nick, geez, Nick Merkley or Nathan Bastion. Both guys played Binghamton last year. Solid, solid uh, forwards in the AHL. They could amount to be something in the NHL. But like me and Goon have been saying, they, they, Seattle is probably going to take those younger guys, so. Those are two good young options right there. Same with Johansson. Um, We'll just have to see Wednesday night what uh, they decide to do with the tough team, New Jersey. Alrighty, moving on to the New York Islanders here. A lot of of younger kind of guys, you know, Chazarnik, Casey Sezikis, Nicole. A couple older guys, too. They left Palmieri, Komarov, Pan, a couple other guys like that. One name I really kind of want to hit on here is Jordan Eberle. Kind of a shocker to me, you know. He's been a decent a part of this, decent part of this team. Um, the past couple of years, they've definitely had some shots at making it to the finals. Just coming up short two years in a row to Tampa Bay. Um, stats, he's he's you know he's not too crazy of a point guy, but he he uh, definitely gets the job done out there and. Um, they protected Matt Martin over him, which kind of is a little shocker to me. But, you know, at the same time, they're trying to take a risk here. Hopefully, Seattle doesn't take Eberle. Um, I know Goon's got a guy in mind that Seattle might take, but um, kind of a shocker to see Eberle. But I, I, if Seattle does choose to take Eberle, I don't think that would be a terrible decision at all by them. You know, another guy that I have in mind is uh, Josh Bailey. Uh, which is also very surprising for leaving him unprotected in this. He did he in uh, 54 games played this year. He had 35 points. You know he has been declining in points in 17-18 when he had 71 points. But you know you never know what could happen with taking him. Aberly, you know also with taking him, he does have a five mil cap hit for the next two seasons to 23-24 year, you know, I I would say you got to take Eberle in this situation, but Bailey's also a solid option that you can take. You can also never forget that teams can give up draft picks or smaller guys just so they don't pick up one of their big-name players that were left unprotected. You know, in this situation you got to try and give up like a second round pick for them for free just so they don't take Everly from you. He he may not be giving up points, but he's there. He's their moral, morale guy with Anders Lee. You know, yeah, I guess we'll move on to the next team from here. And then next up, we have the New York Islanders. The New York Islanders did not protect newly acquired Barkley Goudreau after just coming off a Stanley Cup win. You know... Goudreau, he's won back-to-back cups with the Lightning. You got to think, why would they not protect him? Yes, they they only gave up a seventh-round pick to his rights, but he is a solid player. He, in the last two postseasons, he put up, tw- oh, shit, 
Not bad. 12 points combined. And, you know, he's been a solid third liner in the regular season. You know, Goudreau can be that guy that just is a grinder. He will get what needs to be done. And he proved it the last couple seasons. But I know Jake is someone in mind that's been grinding throughout the AHL that's been trying to prove a point in the NHL. Jake, and who's your guy on this for the New York Rangers? All right, Goon. Um, like he said, a guy who's been grinding in the AHL. Former Buffalo Sabres prospect, Colin Blackwell. When are people going to start showing him some love, man? He freaking tore it up for the Rangers. Not not crazily, but he was a huge, huge impact on the Rangers. I remember at one point he had like, what, it was like six or seven goals in six or seven games. He was on a crazy goal streak there. Um, love the guy, hustler, grinder. I loved watching him when he played in our hometown, Rochester, for the Amherst. Um Just great, great grinder, you know. Just I, I think I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a huge blow because the Rangers are young and have a lot of uh, a lot of prospects coming in. But I, I wouldn't want to lose him. Um, another guy they left unprotected too. I mean, at the end of the day, they don't ha- really have too many other options. I mean, you know, Tony D'Angelo, Julian Gauthier, Phil DiGiuseppe, you know, a couple couple underlying guy, underlying name guys, you know. Um, but I definitely think uh, Seattle has some choices here. I don't think any of them are going to be an instant NHL impact other than Blackwell. But... You know, like like we've been saying this whole this whole episode, you know, you just got to start developing uh, guys young. So, all right, and on to the next team. I'm gonna let the uh, Senators fan talk about this one. Goon, take it away. Ah, uh, yeah, Senator the Ottawa Senators. You know, I'm happy that we did not protect Matt Murray. You know, four, he has four years left on a five million dollar contract each year. You know, I'd love to see him stay here, but I don't think I I think he is going to stay here, and I'm kind of happy about it. He we do have three solid young goaltenders, and I'm happy that we protected one of them. We did end up protecting We did end up protecting Philip Gustafson. He has been a solid young goalie for the Suns, up and coming from Belleville with their winning seasons in the past. We still have a lot of young goalies that are left available, such as Joey Decord. He would also be a solid pickup for Seattle as a goaltending-wise. You know, he is young, and he would be perfect for their starting AHL goalie or a possible backup. Also, they have left Josh Brown available as a defenseman. He is a 27-year-old out of London, Ontario, who... He only played 26 games for Ottawa, but he was on the taxi squad. He set up for one assist, but, you know, as a defenseman, you're not really expected to put up points. You're just expected to stop the puck from getting in your zone. You know, I could see the Kraken taking Josh Brown, but, you know, it depends what other teams they take defensemen from. He he is one of the older guys, I guess you could say, is a defenseman that we have seen in here. But, you know, I do fully expect the Kraken to take a goalie from Ottawa. That is what 
my best guess is there is a lot of number one goalies here in the in the expansion draft, but I feel like they will take a number two goalie from the Senators. They're young and they're ready to become a number one goalie in the next couple years, and I'll we'll send it over to the Philadelphia Flyers not for the next team. And with the Philadelphia Flyers, I'll let Jake take this one. The arch rival of the Pittsburgh Penguins is a uh, number one team over there. Jake, here you go. Alrighty, talking about the Flyers. Not a big Flyers guy, definitely. Let's go Pens, baby. But a um, couple big names that uh, unprotected, probably due to cap reasons. Uh, JVR, he's unprotected. James Van Riemsdyk, obviously. Um, going over to Voracek, a little bit of a questionable move. Um, he is starting to get older, though. Um, so I understand the reasons, and he is a big, pretty pretty big cap hit, so I, I definitely understand their logic there. Um, another solid guy over here, too, JV, or not JVR, I already talked about him. Uh, Shane Gossespierre, uh, 2021, he had 41 games played, 20 points, minus two. Solid for a team that really fell off. Uh, he's only 28 years old, which is not too bad for a defenseman, um, but... Like we've said, obviously Seattle has some options here, you know, depending on which route they want to go. If I were in Seattle's shoes, I would probably be looking at Gossespierre or maybe one of their younger forwards that they got here. Um, Goaltending-wise, you know, Hart's protected, so it leaves Brian Elliott, Alex Lyon, Felix Sandstrom open. But um, really, if I'm Seattle, I'm either going with one of their prospect forwards or probably Shane Goss on defense. All right, moving on from the uh, Broad Street Bullies, we're going to head over to my Pittsburgh Penguins. All right. So a couple, uh, couple guys here that uh, are unprotected that I'm not a big fan of. Uh, starting off with Casey D. Smith. Um not only do I, but most of the town of Pittsburgh has some beef with Tristan Jari, and uh, that's why a lot of us are confused on that. Yeah, he's a solid goaltender, but it was single-handedly the reason we lost to the New York Islanders. So I thought that probably would have gotten him fired, but he loves to see another day in Pittsburgh. Um, also, you got Brandon Tanev unprotected. A little bit of a questionable move, the mustard man, shooting mustard before playoff games. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, you know, the guys that are protected are, you know, you got Carter, Crosby, Gensel, Captain, Malkin, Rust, uh, Bluger. These are the guys that you think would be protected. Um, not a big fan of the McCann trade a couple days ago to – uh, Toronto obviously we'll move on from that and uh, another another one here is Jason Zucker uh, Jason Zucker he um, he's starting to become an older guy he fit well with Melkin on that second line but at the end of the day he's he's making a, a, a pretty big cap hit I'm trying to see what we got here for cap um, and it's not telling me but I mean 13 points, or no, that's playoffs. Uh, this season, 38 games, 9 goals, 9 assists, 18 points, minus 8. You can't just get that out of Jason Zucker and expect, you know, expect everything to be all good. Playoffs, 
performed pretty decent. Three points in six games, two goals. But other than that, I think moving on from Jason Zucker is the best idea. Um, now if I'm Seattle, I'm I'm probably taking one of the younger guys. You, know, you got, in my opinion, if I'm Seattle, I'm either taking Casey DeSmith or Brandon Tanev. No doubt either way there for sure. All right, now moving over to St. Louis. Got a couple options here. Um, I'm going to speak on behalf of two of them, and then I'm going to send Goon over to talk about the gun show. First off, Vincent Dunn, you know, he's a solid defenseman. Um, last season, I don't know how many, I don't think he had too many points. Uh, last year, uh, he had 20 points for defenseman. Minus eight, that's tough on the eyes. Um, but he, he's a, he's a solid, he's a solid defenseman. There was a little disconnect between them and, between him and St. Louis over contract negotiations and trades and yada, yada, yada. But, um, I, I, uh, I don't think that'd be a bad option for Seattle. Obviously there's a guy here that would change the Seattle franchise that Goon's going to talk about. But, uh, other than that, really, I just, um... Dunn wouldn't be a bad option, but I, I definitely think they're going to go with the option Goon's about to talk about here. Yep, and by the guess of it, you guys can probably already tell what I'm going to talk about the St. Louis Blues is Vladimir Tarasenko. Tarasenko, I guess I said, the downfall with the um, St. Louis Blues is this past season. They did win the Stanley Cup three seasons ago now, but uh, they are going into a rebuild, a quick rebuild after winning a cup. You know, being a former 16th overall pick, he does have the numbers to prove it. But the past two seasons, he's barely putting over 10 points. But you also got to remember, he was injured for the majority of the second half of 19-20 and a good amount of the 2021 this past season. I do believe that Seattle will 100% take the cap at of 7.5 mil. It is worth it because if you get the right guys to pair with Tarasenko on his uh, as um oh shit as his center and left wing, that you will get a solid thirty goal season out of him. Because these past two seasons, there's only been three seasons where he hasn't had thirty goals. Sorry, four. That's his rookie year, his second year in these past two years. You know he is. 29 years old, I guess you could say he is on the older side of his life uh, or in his NHL career, but you know, we have seen guys that in their 30s still put up phenomenal numbers and I believe Terry Sanko will be one of them and I believe he will help the Kraken make a deep playoff run this coming season. Up next, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, Tampa Bay from what we've looked at, they do have five solid players that they can take. You know, Tampa Bay coming off back-to-back Stanley Cup wins, I th- they would wish that this draft was a different year. You know, they could easily go on for a three-peat, I feel like. But they're going to have to lose a key piece of this team. One person that really, I guess, isn't really a key piece right now is Alex Barry Boulay. Barry Boulay has done phenomenal in the AHL, and he was beginning to prove it in the NHL this past season. Not playing too many games, but he was down there in the third line just setting up plays and 
being where he was needed to be. You know, being from Rochester, we've seen him play a lot in Syracuse with our with the Amerks and the Crunch rivalry. Barry Boy is the guy you don't want to play against. He's scoring goals and putting up assists, and I believe he can do that in the NHL consistently. I also will talk about uh, Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord is another one of those guys that you don't really want to play against. He's that solid third line, solid third line guy but on Tampa, but if you put him anywhere else, he will easily be your second or clinching a first line. He's also been putting up phenomenal numbers, and but that could also just be the chemistry that he's had in Tampa these past couple of seasons. And I don't know, Tampa's going to be a tough pick. Jake, you have any other guys to talk about? Alrighty, thanks for capping that off, Goon. Next, I'm going to talk about three sort of key pieces of uh, the bottom six of Tampa Bay. Well, Kalorn was a top line guy, so, but Alex Kalorn, um, he's been, he's been a solid piece of the Tampa Bay roster. Um, ever since that 2014 run with the Norfolk Admirals in the AHL, Calder Cup run, um, that a lot of these Tampa Bay guys came from that, and Kalorn and Palat were both we're both a part of that run, and um, they've been with Tampa ever since. And year in and year out, they just—they're not gonna get, you know, they're not gonna be your 60, 70, 80 point getters, but they're gonna be there. They're gonna be in front of the net, grinding around. It's the perfect mix for Tampa Bay, honestly, with all the superstars that they got. Having Kalorn and Plot, they'll still put up numbers, but they're also gonna be the grindy greasy garbage front of the net goals you know that you need you need to be a successful team in the NHL I mean also Tyler Johnson uh cap hit of five million I mean even like he is a solid third line center for them you know Tyler Johnson over these two years I probably not the most point getter on Tampa Bay but he's still a solid 20 30 40 point getter um huge impact on the, the Stanley Cup runs both years. Um, either way you go here, I believe Tampa Bay is losing a key component to their team. Yes, it's going to help them because they were $18 million over the cap. So yes, it's going to help them in the cap situation. But at the end of the day, you don't want to lose a key person like that. But, you know, they had these young guys coming in the lineup, like Goon said, you know, Barry Boulay, you know, you still got Matthew Joseph, Jamel Smith, these guys who can step in and make an impact in the NHL. So definitely going to be interesting to see how Seattle takes this with uh, many, many options to go here on the Tampa Bay route. Righty, now moving on to Toronto. This is going to be interesting to see who they lose. Um, yes, they did have... Solid goaltending from Jack Campbell. Surprised they didn't protect Freddie Anderson, though, in my opinion. Um, when Frederick Anderson is healthy, he is an insane goaltender. I know he's not, you know, he's not your guy who's always in the top of the league, but I just believe he's a solid goaltender. And um, obviously, you couldn't tell this year because of all the injuries and him being banged up. But with a year off, if he deci- if Seattle decides to take him. I would I would watch out because he might be on a tear here to prove 
not only to himself, but to the league, that he's a good goaltender. Um, another option that uh, Toronto's given up here that I believe is impactful is Alex Kerfoot. Uh, he's a third-line center for them. Many, many believe, I've heard multiple reports that he uh, Kerfoot is going to be selected. Um, you know, not too sure. You know, Kerfoot's that solid third-line guy. Um, but I'm just not too sure, you know, he's, uh, he's gotten some points previously, but, um, I don't know, the more I think about it, you know, depending on which route they want to go with goaltending this year, Freddie Anderson could be a surprise pick by the Kraken, um, over Kerfoot, which a lot of people believe Kerfoot's going to go. Uh, I'm going to pass it over here, Goon, to, uh, cap off on, uh, Nick Felino and Alex Galchenyuk. Yeah, and to keep the talks on Toronto, surprisingly keeping Nick Foligno unprotected. You know, like again, like I said earlier, they could be keep they could slide over a couple picks to keep him in Toronto, but you never know. I honestly I don't think they will use that pick to pick up Foligno. Also, another big name to see unprotected is Gochenyuk. He has played for I feel like. Just about half the league at this point. I don't see why not going to Seattle. Add on to his resume. But I don't really see it as him actually going to go to Seattle. I think they are going to take one of the players from the Marlies. Who could be up and coming. I couldn't really say who. Because I don't really know too much about the Marlies at this point. But I don't know. There's a good amount of big names on the roster that have been left unprotected and I guess someone they may take defensive wise is Bogosian I guess he wants out of Toronto but it's just a rumor but I don't know I don't believe any of the big names will be taken out of Toronto I believe it will be a small name you know a lot like we've been saying throughout this whole thing young guys make make dynasties and I believe them picking up a lot of the younger guys will make their dynasty happen. And with that said, we will move on to the Vancouver Canucks. And on Vancouver, they have left Braden Holby unprotected. You know, this really isn't the biggest shocker in the world. You know, Braden's getting up there in age. And I got Vancouver has a lot of young up-and-coming guys from Utica the Utica Comets now, Abbotsford, I got, you got to call them now, but yeah, Abbotsford, they have the goaltending, the young goaltending that Vancouver is in need of, I guess, right now because they have Quinn Hughes at defense, and then now they have the offense coming in. So you got to be a watch out for Vancouver coming in. Jake, you have anything else to say on Vancouver? Yeah, there's a couple guys I want to talk about on Vancouver. Um, one of those guys being um, Cole Lind. Uh, hasn't really made an NHL debut, um, but being from Rochester, Rochester, Utica, close distance, kind of a rivalry there. Um, he, he's he's burned them. He looks real good out there. Um, he Like I said, he's a younger guy, um, you know, just – Played seven games in Vancouver, didn't record a point. 
unfortunately. But he's still a young guy. Nothing to worry about there. Uh, Zach McEwen, too. He, um, he's a solid kind of depth piece for Vancouver. Um, you know, previous season, I mean, he had six points, 20 penalty minutes, plus six in 2019-20 for them. I, I feel like he's, he would, uh, wouldn't be the huge, the hugest guy to lose, but, I mean, you don't want to lose those guys that kind of support your Elias Pettersons, your Brock Bessers, your, you know, your guys like that, JT Miller, Horvat. um, I think they made the right decision by not protecting Holtby and keeping Thatcher Demko. Um, Thatcher Demko is a huge impact. He, he's a solid goaltender, young. He had that great run with Vancouver in the playoffs. What was it, two years ago now? Um, I just think make, that was the right decision by protecting him for sure. And uh, next we're going to move on to Washington. Got a couple options here with Washington. All right, we're going to send it over to Goon to start with the Washington Capitals. Yeah, and with the Washington Capitals, we just one big name, superstar level, who was left unprotected is Alex Ovechkin. We know Seattle isn't going to protect him, or not protect him, sorry, take him. But we just thought it was odd that they didn't protect Alex Ovechkin. They must have had some talks with Seattle about them not taking him. But... I don't know. Uh, is there... Oh, is, I think Ovechkin's contract just expired, too. No, it expires, no, no it, it expires after this year. Sorry about that. But, yeah, with his contract recent, soon expiring, I guess it's a good reason for them not to waste a protected spot. I think they have given Seattle probably a third-round pick, like, Vegas was able to stock up on picks. Uh, Jake, anyone else that you've seen unprotected on the list? Yeah, I agree with you there, Goon. I'm not too sure that they'll uh, take Ovechkin. But uh, moving over, uh, Vitek Vanacek, the goaltender for Washington, he uh, he played a lot of the playoffs this year for them. I'm pretty sure uh, I think it was like five or six games for them. He ended up benching Samson off. Um, he just, he had a phenomenal regular season this year, 37 games, 21 wins, 10 losses, 269 goals against average, and a 908, this was his first year in the NHL, having numbers like that's unbelievable in this, the league, the way the league is now, um, move on to a couple guys here, older defenseman Justin Schultz. You know, he had an offensive couple years in Pittsburgh. Not a bad selection. You got Connor Sherry, Brandon Dillon. Um, but then then again, there's some good prospects down with the Hershey Bears. Uh, Daniel Carr, Gershik, uh, Axel Johnson, Fallaby, um, Pino, Pylon. You know, there's a couple guys out there that, that are... Uh, potential picks for Seattle that um, not a lot of people notice. Everyone will go and see oh, there you go. You got Vanacek and Ovechkin and, you know, they'll go look at those big names. But some of these guys who don't have names yet, that's what, that's why Seattle's scouting, looking around seeing what they have to offer. Um, 
But on that note, we're going to head over to the last team, the Winnipeg Jets. I'll have Goon start with the Winnipeg. And now on to the Winnipeg Jets. We There are, I feel like, two solid guys that you could take from Winnipeg. I am going to talk about one of them, and uh, Dylan DeMelio. Dylan DeMelio in 52 games played this past season. He only put up nine points, but, like, that's in, I guess you could call that an off season. Let me pull up his stats from previous seasons real quick. Yeah, um, I guess you could call this an off season, but last year, 10 games played, zero points. Oh, he, yeah, I guess you could call that, I don't know, he is a defenseman, so I haven't really watched him play too much, but by looking at his stats, I guess you could call him a stay-at-home defenseman. Because in his second year with the Sharks, he, he had 20 points, and all 20 points were assists. He's only scored five goals in his NHL career, or sorry, seven goals in his NHL career. You know, it sounds like someone else that used to be a former coach of mine, but, you know, we're just going to keep talking. Dylan DeMelio, I feel like, would be a solid stay-at-home defenseman. 28 years of age, he, it's probably perfect time in his career to go to Seattle. But, you know, Jake... He also has someone that would be really perfect, Seattle. And here he is, Jake Nedwetsky, to talk about the next verse from, for Seattle. Alrighty, talking about Winnipeg. Um, nice little shout-out to Goon's former coach there. That was a fun little jab. But um, I did have Paul Sassney on my list. He was exposed in the first expansion draft, I believe. Um I'm going to skip over him. I think there's a couple options that I'm looking at here. Uh, Mason Appleton, nice little young forward there over in Winnipeg. Uh, last last season, uh, 56 games, 12 goals, 13 assists, 25 points. He's still young. He's only 25. In eight playoff games, he had three points plus four. That's nice to see. Um, see, I, I, I wouldn't really be too worried about... Uh, wouldn't be too worried about him, you know, young. So I I think that would be a solid pickup for the uh, Seattle Kraken. And, and then um, Sammy Niku, young defenseman, 24 years of age, 54 games in his career in the NHL level, 10 points, 2 goals, 8 assists. Um, nothing wrong there. He's fast, young. I feel like there's uh, some potential there for him. And then... Um, Moving over to goaltenders, Laurent Brissois, he uh, solid goaltender for them this year. He, win-loss ratio doesn't really tell the story. He went 6-6, six and six, but he had a 242 goals against average and a 918 save percentage. That's a huge, huge, huge numbers in the goals against and save percentage column. In his career, 82 games, 32-32, 5 OT losses, 9, or not 98. 283 goals against average and a 908 save percentage. Pretty decent. Um, I think that would be an awesome backup option. But with all the goaltenders available in the draft, I think it would be the right decision for Seattle to go after Mason Appleton or Paul Stasny or even uh, Matthew Perot or Marco Dano, two veterans right there that um not going to really get it done in the statistic column, but definitely can be that locker room guy and um, I think either way you got a couple good options there 
Alrighty, now that we went over our opinions on who we like, who we saw, we're going to give you our, our final takes on who we believe the Seattle Kraken are going to take. We're going to start off with Goon. He's going to give you his first 15 picks, and then I'm going to follow it up with my 15 picks. Here we go. Alright, we are going to start the same way. We are going to go in alphabetical order from Anaheim. Uh, I'm going to say they're going to go with Hayden Flurry. You know, we talked about him earlier, Ron Francis, drafting him early on in his career with Carolina. Next up for Arizona, we have Christian Fisher. You know, we didn't talk about him, but, you know, he could be one of their guys. Boston, we have Connor Clifton. Buffalo Sabres, we have Will Borgen. Someone we talked about, someone that's young and ready to be an NHL defenseman. Next up from Calgary, we have Mark Giordano. That'd be perfect for a mentor for Will Borgen to make his starting full career in the NHL. Next up in Carolina, we have Jake Bean. In Chicago, we have Adam Gaudet. From Colorado, we have Jonas Donesco. Sorry if I pronounced it wrong. Columbus. It looks like, you know, Max Domi might not be the right move. So we got Kevin Stenlund. From Dallas, we have Adam Masturin. From Detroit, we have Troy Stetcher. From Edmonton, we have Tyler Benson. From Florida, we have Chris Dreiger. And apparently, I guess there are already talks and contract from recent news we heard. Uh, from Los Angeles, we have Cal Klug. And lastly, from Mine 15, we have Minnesota taking Capo Kakinen. And now on to Jake for his 15. Alright, after leaving off with Minnesota, we're just going to give you, these are who we think we're going to take. And Goon gave you the first. I'm going with finishing this off. I think Montreal, we didn't really talk about him in the podcast, but I think they're going to take Cal Flory. Nice defenseman over there. Um, Nashville, I, I think they're going to go with Ryan Johansson there for sure. Um, next, New Jersey, Andreas Johansson. We capped off, solid younger guy. We'll see where he can go. Next, we're going to go with New York Islanders, Kiefer Bellows. Solid forward. We'll see where uh, we'll see how we'll, he'll fit in the Seattle Kraken's lineup. Rangers, there's a couple of options out there, but I believe really that they're going to take Colin Blackwell here. Ottawa, Joey Decord, young, fresh face, starting goaltender. Let's see what he can do in uh who are they with this year? Uh, their AHL team. Palm Springs is their AHL team. So we'll see what he can do down there in Palm Springs. Philadelphia, I'm going JVR. Um, solid forward, bigger power forward kind of level. We'll see where he's at. Phil, or, ooh, I already said Philadelphia. Pittsburgh, I'm going with Brandon Tanev or Marcus Peterson. Either way. They can't go wrong. Good defenseman, good forward. Uh, San Jose, me and Goon talked about this one. We were a little back and forth on it. But Dylan uh, Gambrell, he's a solid forward that I believe can uh, really help Seattle down the road. Um, next, going on to St. Louis, this was really no debate here. Vladimir Tarasenko, <laughs> that one speaks for himself. Tampa Bay, we're going with Yanni Gord. Big loss for Tampa. Huge gain for Seattle. Next, Toronto. Uh, like 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 we've said, we've gone back and forth on this. 
But with that recent trade, they couldn't protect him. I think they might go Jared McCann on this route. What about you, Goon? Yeah, I, I believe in the same thing. You know, could go anyway. Nick Foligno, you gotta, he's not really the guy you want to take at this point. All righty, now back over to me. We're going Vancouver. Like I said, Cole Lind. Solid young prospect. Washington, I think we're going to go uh, Vintech Vanacek. And then capping it all off, I believe we are going to go with Dylan DeMello on defense for the Winnipeg Jets. And that is our decisions for this year's expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken. But alrighty, folks, that is going to do it for our first podcast over here at Let's Talk Sports featuring Goon and Neds. I'm Neds. He's Goon. We're signing off. Go check us out on... uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify. Let's talk sports.